Starting the show today with The View. Lord help us. Nikki Haley was incredibly effective governor of South Carolina. There some, are some of by. us that can be chameleons and decide not to embrace our ethnicity so that we... Anyway, folks, that is Sonny Hostin there saying that some of us do not embrace our ethnicity. Nikki Haley apparently is not embracing her ethnicity because she goes by the name Nikki. Of course, after she said this idiocy, it was revealed, unbeknownst to me, I didn't know, don't care, but apparently Nikki is an Indian name, and it's the name on her birth certificate. But it gets better than that. Anyway, folks, um, welcome to GamCast for September 21st. Beautiful uh, sunny day in Atlanta. I hope you have great weather where you are. We have a ton of stuff to talk about. Before I do that, tell you what we're going to talk about. Uh, let me apologize for not letting you know. I meant to let you know on Monday that I was not going to be here yesterday, and unfortunately, I just forgot. I don't script the show. As you know, I, I get everything in the windows. I'm looking at the windows today. There's about 15 of them, 16. This is a lot to get through. So we're going to talk about, uh, update you on the Trump raid, what's going on there, tell you about what the unitary uh, executive is, update you on the DeSantis move, and, and just a bunch of other things if we can get to it. Got a lot of stuff to get to here, a lot of news you need to know, including we're going to debunk the theory of the radical conservative Supreme Court. You remember we just talked about that a couple of days ago. In the New York Times, Jennifer Rubin, oh, conservative Supreme Court. And then we get a ruling and we see it's exactly what I've been telling you. It's not a conservative Supreme Court at all. When I tell you about this decision, you're going to see how idiotic that statement is. Anyway, getting back to Sonny Hofton here. Folks, we talk about this all the time. It's not where we are, it's where we're going. So this is the state of our discourse right now. Sonny is who? Who's Nikki Haley? I, I don't think she has a government position now, but for whatever reason, Sonny Austin feels like, hey, I, I'm going to talk about Nikki, and and I didn't look at it, I didn't research it, I don't know, but but it appears to me that she goes by the name Nikki, and that's not an Indian name. Um, okay, who makes you an expert? Are you even Indian? Like, what is this even about? And you can see there, even even the little you know Chardonnay twins over there are all trying to even they're trying to say, hey, come on now, come on. But this is what passes for politics. People like this, who talk about things they have no idea, they're of no relevance at all. We're going to get to QAnon, which I had to look it up. I don't know what QAnon is, and I don't care. But I know that every time I turn around, Trump, QAnon, and QAnon, and QAnon is a bad. So I'm supposed to understand it's a bad thing. So then when polls come out saying, well, people think QAnon's a bad thing or a conspiracy, well, shocking. I, every time I see it, it's associated with something bad, right? But this is how you have situations where people can talk about things in such an idiotic manner, and we can all be distracted about reality. And this, every time I do it, every day, 40 minutes, and what I get a chance to do is not talk about the latest book I'm reading or something that would actually advance knowledge. You just have to debunk all the idiocy that people are talking about. But there's one other great thing here, which I, which I, I think this bit really um, – reveals okay and it, it, it's just stunning to me that that she would do what she did given that her name is sunny now i never i don't know i don't care what her name is the derivation of it if it's a nickname how she gets really irrelevant to me okay i have no idea but she reveals it and folks she does this with a straight face those of you who are watching on the rumble later or you're watching the live stream on Twitter, you can see it. If you're listening to it, you can hear what they're going to say. But folks, when you see her face, it, I mean, it is just mind-blowing. Okay, mind-blowing. Anyway, uh, here's the rest of the bit. Sonny, I so don't think don't that's fair. You go by a different name. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't want to be the one to say <laughs> it. But. Most Americans can't pronounce Asuncion because of the under 
Nikki Haley. Let's hear that again, folks. It's a very short, but it's 18 seconds. Going to start from the top. But yeah, that's right. She goes by a nickname. Nikki Haley doesn't. So she gets to attack Nikki Haley for her ethnicity, for going by a nickname, which isn't true. It's factually false. Then she has to admit that she goes by a nickname. And apparently we can't pronounce it because we're all idiots because of the education. And it doesn't sound like it's difficult to pronounce to me. But anyway, let's listen to the whole 18 second from the top. And then we're just going to move on without further commentary. Nikki Haley was incredibly effective governor what is her of real South name Carolina. There, some, there are some of us by. that can be chameleons and decide not to embrace our ethnicity so that we can pass. Sonny, I don't so that think that's don't a fair. You go by a different name. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to be the one to say because it. Most <laughs> Americans can't pronounce Asuncion because of the undereducation. I mean, literally, she just, I mean, with a straight face, she didn't miss a beat. Anyway, I said I wasn't going to comment, and I, and I did. So apparently the uh, white house press secretary and again this to me should be one of the bigger stories out there i I don't know why it's not a bigger story but um biden went out there in in 60 minutes and and got a complete puff piece i mean that's all that the the mainstream media's job is today is basically to feature democrats so that they can then you know put on a presentation to you there's no journalism going on not even at all well this happens all the time well then later somebody comes out and has to back off of what he says Okay, who's running the White House? This is dangerous, dangerous territory. And when we get to what's going on with the Trump raid, I'm going to break it down to you why they're doing this. And trust me, folks, every time they do this, this is not embarrassment to them. A lot of people will cover this and go, oh, look at Biden. It's just another embarrassment by the Biden administration. Doesn't know what he's doing. It's just something going on there. He's got the dementia. It's all nonsense. They're not they're not upset at all. Ron Klain is watching this bit. And seeing that no one cares, no one comes to look, everybody's fine with it. And he's literally going, oh, my God, it's time to get out the cigars and the whiskey. This is this is succeeding beyond my wildest imagination. And it is because this kind of thing, having to walk things back like this, should tell you that the person that they're displaying is not making the decisions. That's not the way the Constitution works, folks. But again, that's not how they think it works. I'm going to explain to you how they think the Constitution works. And it's very it's obvious the Trump raid has made it. I mean, it was obvious before, but there was any doubt after the Trump raid has been removed. Not that there was much. Anyway, here's um, the uh, gay, lesbian, White House press secretary who's unqualified walking back what Biden said on 60. I mean, for folks, I mean, I'm talking about Sunday, for crying out loud. It's just Wednesday. Also in the 60 Minutes interview said that the pandemic is over. There's been quite a bit of pushback to that uh, statement by the president. Where where is he today on that? So... just to step back for a second, what we saw during that interview, 60-minute uh, interview, when he made those comments, he was walking through uh, the, the Detroit uh, car show, the halls of the Detroit car show, and he was looking around. All right, look, the upshot is they're walking it back. All right, now here's the point. She just mumbles on about he was distracted and he knew what he was doing. Here's the problem we find ourselves with with COVID, folks, and this is, again, why all these people who believe in a completely distinct type of government are dancing in the streets. There are tons of governors that are doing the same thing Biden's doing here. When they declare emergencies, when there's an emergency, you have all kinds of powers that you shouldn't have, but you do, that you can do all kinds of things. You can just by executive order spend all kinds of money, but you need an emergency, right? These things should have been pulled back time and time and time ago. But the election's coming up, so they don't want to scare people into thinking, oh, they were still in the pandemic. So the president accidentally told the truth but then, because he's not all there, come back and claim, and those people go, hey, uh, you know, Susan Rice, who I don't know who's pulling it. I, I really don't and don't care. All I care about is the person that they're presenting is not making the decisions. That's what bothers me. I mean, when Trump was president, I never really had any question who was making the decisions. Now I really do. And this is not the way our government is supposed to work. So 
Further to, um, we're going to do a slight sidebar over to uh, some Supreme Court news. We'll come back to Supreme Court later. But anyway, this story caught my eye because I, I just wanted you to understand. We do, you know, we say all the time, we, 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 we uh, break down the events and the news of the day through the lens of the Constitution, the law, and histoire, history. And you need to really know all three to appreciate what's going on. And so history is important here. So here's the headline, Justices Side with LGBTQ group at Jewish University, okay? I think it's Yeshiva in New York. I could be wrong. It doesn't matter. It's an Orthodox Jewish university that a LGBTQ group applied, and they said, uh, no. How about, like, no, Schalt, right? Like Dr. Eva would say. No, we're not doing that. We have traditional views of things like gender and, and sex before marriage and all this other stuff, right? And they said no. Well, it, uh, basically, they sued. And eventually they got a stay pending the ruling that would later come up. And now this is procedural, okay? And quote-unquote conservatives like to play with procedural stuff all the time to get them out of making hard decisions. And that's what people will tell you. That's what other people will tell you. Well, Roberts and Kavanaugh joined with the – and they're not liberals. They're leftists, okay? Liberals you can deal with. Uh, Roberts and Kavanaugh, they joined with the, the, the leftists because it's a procedural matter, you see. And when they come back up on the merits, it might not – let me tell you what's going on, folks. This is very simple. This all started during Obama. I can't remember precisely when. I do remember the case. I don't remember the name. Didn't have time to look it up today. Got a lot of stuff to do. Didn't have time to go to the stacks. But here's the basic facts pattern that happened during the Obama administration. A woman was a teacher at a Catholic school. This woman was not married. This woman comes to work, and she is clearly pregnant. Catholic school fires her, saying, um, we teach no sex before marriage. You clearly had sex, and you're not married. You're gone. The Obama administration decided to take the case. It went all the way up to the Supreme Court, right? Because there is a always been your right to freedom of religion. A religious school has always been seen that you can't pass laws that override their religious right, as long as it's not um, otherwise intervening on something else the government has to do. And clearly, in this particular instance, it's not. So it's always been the rule, always been. Never been a question to that at all. Obama administration took the opposite view, as it would with a lot of things, lost nine to nothing. Now, that was a Supreme Court back then that was five to four, supposedly conservative Republican, which wasn't, by the way. Doesn't matter. You even had Ruth. Even Ruth. Even even Ruth, the God uh, uh, Ginsburg, wouldn't go along with that position. They lost nine to nothing. Well, here it is. It, I can't remember exactly when it was, but it had to be some probably between 2010 and 2018. This case got up between the courts, somewhere in that neighborhood. All right. Now, 12 years at most later, and you've got all three leftists basically ignoring that principle that's always been out there. And you got two quote unquote radical conservatives, what I always tell you they are. I tell you they're center left. I'll accept center right if you want. The idea that they are conservative is a joke. And this this principle right here shows it's a joke. So anyway, so Amy Coney Barrett joined with the three constitutionalists and said, guys, this isn't close. You can't do this. Anyway, so um I just wanted to let you know that what I said before, it's a three 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 court. Three leftist Three, I think center left, I'll accept center right if you, I don't want to debate about it. And then three constitutionalists. And it's getting worse, folks. So anyway, that, that, and again, just so we understand how this works, is we're going to get to something if I can get to it later in the show. That's what they do. They come with a radical, crazy position. And they lose nine to nothing. They're not, they're not deterred. They come back a couple of years later. They come back a couple of years later. They come back a couple of years later. And what have they done? They've basically convinced people that the Constitution shouldn't be followed. And certainly, let me make no mistake, folks. In leftist government, there is no religion. 
Just I, it's something that's important to you. It's not important to me. I don't really care. I'm not Jewish. I'm not particularly religious. But I do care about freedom. I do care about the Constitution. So, folks, here's something that I, I put a little higher in the show than some people might think it would. But I, I want you to understand how this stuff works. Just so I understand and do things, okay? So um, this is Katie Tour and uh, what's this guy's name? I can't. He's one of these people that, oh, Frank Fuglizzi or something. He's a former Obama guy. God only knows what he was doing when he was in some power. Now he's a commentator, and he says all kinds of things out there. Lawrence Tribe, who I follow, as you know, uh, was uh, uh, tweeting it out there. So what caught my eye was the fact that here from Deadline White House, which is Katie Tour's group over there at MSNBC, Trump knows that he's increasingly cornered. He's in trouble on so many legal fronts. This is uh, kind of almost last act of a different man. As a leader is threatened, they get more and more dangerous. That's what Frank Lugosi apparently is going to say on the show. But I want you to listen to her introduction. Okay, this is the important part. Not what Frank has to say, but what she has to say. And it's all about QAnon. Okay, I had to go look up what QAnon was, but let's listen to her first, then we're going to talk about what QAnon is, and I'm going to tell you why they're doing this. I really wish this wasn't the news, um, but this is the news, and so... It's not the news. <laughs> it's not. No, no, I don't know what QAnon is. I, I, I live my life for, for the last, all during the Trump era. I've never seen a QAnon sign. I've never seen rally anywhere. I don't know what... It's not news. This is all rumor mill that she's making up. And pretend and they keep going with the FBI's um, latest reporting that we have on how the FBI views QAnon. This is from a June 4th, 2020. How the FBI views QAnon. I, I couldn't care less how the FBI views QAnon. I mean, I didn't put the story, and I'll probably put it in tomorrow, about the, 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 the sheriff that's going to try to prosecute DeSantis. And when they asked him what law he broke, well, we don't know what law yet, but we're investigating. Folks, that's not how any of this is supposed to work. An FBI threat assessment on QAnon specifically. Um, adherence to QAnon by some domestic violent extremists will likely be affected by factors such as the severity of the COVID-19 pandemic, the level of societal polarization in the United States, social media companies' willingness to host QAnon-related content on their sites, and the frequency and content of pro-QAnon statements by public individuals who feature prominently in core QAnon narratives. All right. Now, folks, okay, first and foremost, I, you could say that about anything. I mean, seriously, uh, the, the, the people mentioning in it, the social media willing to host, I mean, that could apply to anything. I mean, uh, fandom of the Dallas Cowboys will be impacted, and all five things will impact it, for sure. But I don't know why they're putting this out. And what's a domestic violence uh, extremist? I have no idea. Neither does the FBI. Okay, this is all garbage, garbage upon garbage upon garbage, piled upon garbage. There's no, there's literally, folks, you just heard her, what she said. There literally is no difference between what she just said and what Sonny Hostin said about 10 minutes ago. Jeez, uh, 14 minutes ago. Nothing. It's the same. You understand news programs are now the view or the national car or whatever. And she she's serious about this, and she's getting ready to talk to a former Obama prosecutor or somebody high up in the Obama administration, and he's going to gleefully agree with this. All right? So why are they coming up with these conspiracy things? And, why they, and, and understand, how does it come up? Well, they've created QAnon. They did. Right? Anyway, so here's from the New York Times. Again, I go to the left to debunk the left. What is QAnon, the viral pro-Trump conspiracy theory? Um, okay, I, okay, whatever. Explaining the big tent conspiracy theory that falsely claims that former President Trump is facing down a shadowy cabal of Democratic pedophiles. Right? By now, you've probably heard of QAnon, the internet conspiracy theory that has taken hold uh, among many on the right. 
but you still have questions about what exactly is going on. QAnon was once a fringe phenomenon, the kind most people could safely ignore. But recently, it has gone mainstream. Hmm. In 2020, QAnon supporters flooded social media with false information about COVID-19, Black Lives Matter protests, and the presidential election, and recruited legions of new followers in their ranks. A December poll by NPR and Ipsos found that 17% of Americans believe that the core falsehood that a group of Satan-worshipping elites who ran a child sex ring are trying to control our politics and media was true. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, so there's a bunch of people out there that don't like the lockdowns or against Black Lives Matter, right, believe there's something wrong with the uh, election. You concocted a poll. You got 17%, which is nothing, by the way, nothing. You can get 17% of the people probably say the earth is flat or the moon landing didn't happen or whatever. Okay, and I don't trust the poll. This is New York Times. I could go on, but I don't need to. This is garbage. You don't have anything. You've made it up. You keep making it up. The other day, we did the, we covered the story about people putting the one in the air at the Trump rally this weekend, and that's QAnon. I don't know what these people are talking about. Not to mention, folks, it's like the term innocent bystander, if you remember the last Seinfeld. You can't be a bystander. and A bystander is, by definition, innocent, right? And so, folks, the same thing. A theory, by definition, is just a theory. I don't know if it's true or not. Nobody does, and neither does Kevin Roos or whoever this person is. He doesn't know. This is all concocted, right, to make you fear something. We don't know what it is. We're going to be very vague about it, right, what that thing is, but you got to have fear. And when you have fear, guess what you do? You vote for the government. All right. And again, we all know Democrat now, that's synonymous. All right. So below, this is Andrew Wiseman, who ought to be in jail. Okay, he's literally, I mean, I, I could do a whole show on Andrew Wiseman, but he was a prosecutor, prosecuted a bunch of people. He flipped the Alaska seat when, uh, I can't remember his name, Begich or something. He got, uh, he got uh, charged right before the election. He lost the election. Democrats then were able to get enough seats to get Obamacare through, through the filibuster. Oh, and then turns out, oh my God, seems like you guys were misconduct. The case got thrown out and the judge chastised all the lawyers, including Wiseman. He didn't care. You think he got demoted? No, no, no. He got promoted. He of the Mueller probe, yada, yada, yada. Now he's just unhinged on Twitter. Anyway, this is why the conservative scholars and their ilk are not supporting Trump argument. Undermines unitary, quote, current executive the- uh, theory they champion. Folks, the unitary executive theory is, in fact, the law. Okay, but that's not why some of these people like Bill Barr are turning on Trump. They're turning on Trump because they want they believe in the deep state, right? And this is just, again, I, I, it is a, I mean, it is almost admirable how they take things. Right. And then they twist them so that they always end up. I mean, heads, they win, tails, we lose. It just it, it's amazing anyway. So he's retweeting George Conway, a robust view of executive power, says it's really not the job of the courts to decide what classified or unclassified, said University of California, Berkeley law professor John Yu. It's the president who decides the current incumbent president. Okay, so he's a law professor. Well, let's see what the Supreme Court has to say about that. Okay, it came up in the context of the January 6th committee. I've told you about this several times. Trump, one of the things he did, they subpoenaed a bunch of documents, the illegal, unconstitutional committee did, and the courts, the so-called radical, crazy, rascally Republicans that are so conservative and so pro-Trump, why, they didn't intervene. They didn't say, hey, you can't do that. We're not going to recognize. Nope, none of the thing. So, of course, the D.C. <coughs> judges... District Court ruled against Trump, and then the court of District Court of Appeals said, oh, no, 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 we also ruled that the subpoenas are fine. And, by the way, you can't, exe- you can't invoke executive privilege. The privilege belongs to the executive. And guess what? you no longer the executive. Exact same mirror argument is being made today as it relates to 
the ability to declassify documents, the ability to possess documents. I said this a couple weeks ago, but it's rare for me to have epiphanies in politics, but I did when I heard somebody say on another show, I think it was Robert Barnes, it doesn't matter, I don't remember. He said the, the only executive branch official that is elected in the United States of America is the president. And that's when it like really hit me. I knew it anyway, but that person is the our embodiment of the executive. He used to go down there and basically tell this branch of government how to work. Anyway, so he appealed to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court basically issued an opinion. I'm looking at it right now. If you're on the Twitter, later on Rumble, you shall see it. And by the way, if you're on Rumble, please um, Rumble this. It'll help us get more followers and get uh, further up in the Rumble search, although we are coming up in the Rumble search now, which is good. Anyway, so... Folks, uh, I'm looking dead at the opinion, okay? And here it is right here. The application for stay of mandate and injunction pending review presented to the chief justice and by him referred to the court is denied. So what they did is they went, He, the, Supreme, the chief justice sits over the D.C. Circuit. He said, hey, I want you to take this case and decide whether or not to reverse the D.C. Circuit. Take this case because I think they're wrong. He says, we're not going to take the case. We've decided we're not going to take it. We're going to let what they stand go. And that, what that means is, is that's the current state of the law. Now, why then does he write separately here, right? And this is the entire code. All of them not. He said, I got it. I could have made the decision. I referred it to the whole court. And the court in an eight-to-one decision said, we're not going to take it. The questions whether and in what circumstances a former president may obtain a court order preventing disclosure of president materials from his tenure in office in the face of a determination by the incumbent president to waive the privilege are unprecedented and raise serious and substantial concerns. Translation alert, okay? What? Well, if a former president invokes privilege and the current president says, I, I'm not going to invoke the privilege for you, and I don't think you have it, that's unprecedented in history. What do I always say about these people? They keep knocking. They keep radical, radical. Anyway, long story short, it says, because the D.C. Circuit determined that even the incumbent president wouldn't be able to invoke privilege, we don't have occasion to take this. So what the, what the D.C. Circuit said, which is, of course, only the current in, in, uh, uh, president has it, that it wouldn't matter anyway, we don't need to take it. All right, Thomas would have granted the application. Kavanaugh writes separately, and I've, I've referenced this before if you remember, but I want you to understand. He writes, moreover, I respectfully disagree with the Court of Appeals on that point. So he says, it's dictus, I don't need to worry about it. In other words, it's not controlling law. It's controlling law, the other stuff they said, but we wrote separately to tell you this is not controlling law. All right, a former president must be able to invoke the presidential communications privilege for communications that occurred during his presidency, if, even if the current president does not support the privilege claim, concluding otherwise would eviscerate the executive privilege for presidential communications. Exactly. And that's exactly what they're trying to do, people. In other words, you as the president or former president, you ain't going to have the privilege. Some person over there at NARA is going to have it or somebody over there at the Department of Justice. Whoever they decide has to have it. Well, I don't want those people having power. They aren't elected. They aren't accountable to anybody. I want those people to be what the Constitution wants them to be. They serve at the pleasure of the president. And if we decide we want to change a bunch of things, we elect a new president in 2024, and he or she goes down and changes those things. This is all designed to keep that from happening. Translation, if it's a Democrat and we like them, yeah, we'll go along. We, we, no, no, you, you, oh, President Biden, here, let me go get another box of documents for you. Oh, don't you worry, sir. You tell they're not privileged. Oh, you say they're not, class, they're not classified. Here, go, I'll help you with it. Oh, President DeSantis, President Death Santis. Oh, no. Not only will I not get documents for you, you give me every document you got in that truck. 
<clears throat> I said it's classified. That's what they're looking for, folks. And it's it, I mean, it's as clear as the nose on my face. And if you're watching this live stream, you know that's pretty clear. All right, folks, I listen. I, I, I don't listen as much as I used to, but I still try to listen to Shapiro, although he's getting on my nerves. I'm not sure how much longer he's going to make it. He's just he's too much uh, respectful of this uh, cabal in the uh, in the deep state in the cocktail conservative crowd that I don't care for. But anyway, um, and I do try to always listen to Viva Barnes on. I don't watch the live stream because they go too slow. I have to listen to things at double speed. But um, I, I happen to listen to it, and I had been uh, flying solo on all this stuff about the Trump raid. I hadn't gone to Turley. I hadn't gone to Robert Barnes or any of these other people. And so I was very gratified to hear that Robert Barnes has the same position I do. So I mean, unless you listen to about a minute of this, he's going to explain. You're going to hear. And the reason I'm doing that, I just want you to hear a second person say almost to a T precisely what I've been saying, because this is how crazy this Trump raid stuff is. Now, I want to be fair. Uh, Robert Barnes, like me, is a constitutionalist. He's very libertarian bound. He follows the Constitution to a T. And if it ends up in places where we don't necessarily like that, that's okay with him. But anyway, that being said, here's uh, Viva Barnes about a minute from Sunday. Special master, the judge, the corrupt hack of a judge. That's Viva, obviously. to stay her own decision. Uh, okay. She refuses to stay her own decision to set aside certain documents that a special master, independent third party answering only to the court, should not be able to review um, at this stage, which is you know doing sort of a triage of the documents as to whether or not the DOJ should have even had them in the first place. Um, people are going after <laughs> the judge in all variety of respects. Uh, I mean, what do you make of this? I think it was a totally predictable decision. What do you make of the circumstances? What's going on now with Trump? Well, when judges are not political, the legal community on the left then attacks them. And it's the same community that says you should never question the political orientation of a judge. So the, uh, you know, just like when they say democracy, they mean their power. When they talk about objectivity, they mean their side. And so this judge's ruling is frankly impeccable. Uh, <laughs> there's no, uh, it's unimpeachable. The judge's ruling is it's common sense. It's commonly done in America on a regular basis. Whenever there's been any seizure that involves any claim of privilege in those documents of any type, the protocol is to not have the government decide whether it's privileged or not, uh, not to contaminate the investigation by having them look at those cases. The do, do, potentially privileged documents. Anyway, folks, we got to move on to other things. But 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 I wanted you to hear that. That's Robert Barnes. Um Shucks. I think he's at Barnes underscore law on Twitter. Uh, if you put in Viva Barnes, it, that was Sunday, the Sunday live stream. I did do for about two hours there, folks. And I would I highly encourage you to listen to those two. They're really, really good. But I just wanted you to hear that because that's another practitioner, another lawyer telling you that that there's nothing crazy going on with what Judge Cannon is doing. Nothing at all. And the, the left is flipping out. The reason they're flipping out, I already told you about. All right. So, folks, um, there's a lot of crazy things going on at the FBI, but it's pretty predictable if you figure out what's going on. They're, they're talking about QAnon, and then the media cabal starts talking about QAnon. QAnon's anti-Trump, all this stuff going on, okay? So here's a, a tweet. I don't know who this person is, at Zach, Zach Hunter, whatever. I don't typically do the QAnon kid stuff. I don't. Somebody who I respect and I listen to a little bit here and there, Matt Walsh, does. So he tweeted out recently, my team and I have been investigating the transgender clinic at Vanderbilt here in Nashville, where he lives now. He's with the Daily Wire, Shapiro's group. Vanderbilt uh, drugs chemically castrates and performs double mastectomies on minors, but it gets worse. Here's what we found. Let's start at the beginning. You can find him at, at Matt Walsh blog, at Matt Walsh blog, uh, 
Go read it. I didn't read the whole thing. Upshot is they're doing it to make money. Again, it's not the kind of thing I'm really interested in. However, this is what I am interested in, okay? So this guy named Zach Hunt, don't know who he is. He's on Twitter. Um, All right. Hey, at FBI and at the Justice Department and MNPD Nashville. I assume that's Nashville Police. Matt Walsh is targeting Vanderbilt Hospital the same way he targeted Boston's Children's Hospital. Please intervene before one of his followers starts calling in bomb threats or worse. Folks, this is not how this is supposed to work. What Matt Walsh is doing is called reporting. So they dug into it. He is now making assertions. I don't know if they're true or not true. They're theories. I don't know if the theories are correct or not correct. Right. If he's doing something that's incorrect or, or defamatory or slanderous or what have you, go ahead and sue him. Right. But this is not how this is supposed to work. But again, this little person, Zach Hunt or whoever's tweeting this, this person apparently thinks it is how it is supposed to work. Folks, this is the kind of thing that I would have expected in a constitutional uh, republic that the FBI and the Justice Department would explain. This is not what we do. But here we go over to Jim Jordan, who you can find at Jim Jordan. You know, he is this congressperson from Ohio. The FBI retaliated against a whistleblower. So a whistleblower came out, and we covered it on the show by back when it did. And, of course, the attorney general came out and said, oh, listen, you're not to talk to Congress or these other people, right? Then they've apparently gone ahead and um, retaliated against the person. Folks, when you find people that will not only do something bad, then when they get caught doing something bad, will then retaliate against that person, you have lost all hope there with that agency, all right? Anyway, this, after the same whistleblower told us that the FBI was pulling agents off child abuse, sexual abuse material investigations to focus on the January 6th uh, investigation, unbelievable. Now, folks, um, here's what I, a lot, of, lot to unpack there, but we got to move on to other things, so I'll just give you the brief thing here, folks. The story is, and I don't know if what the whistleblower said is true or not. I, again, they'll have to investigate it. But apparently what they're doing is, instead of investigating real crimes, right, and that crimes that do potentially cross state lines and need a federal bureau of investigation, right, they've decided to switch over to prosecute January 6th investigation, which by definition, folks, because you're involving the FBI, must be across state lines, which is meaning you're not prosecuting people for stuff that happened on January 6th. You, by necessity, are prosecuting people for things that happened not at the Capitol, but elsewhere in the United States of America, right? And you're uh, bringing up this threat of you're charging people with what are really political crimes, right? These are political questions. All right. Anyway, got to move on. All right, so breaking, uh, Martha, migrants flown to Martha's Vineyard sued DeSantis, alleging the relocations violated their Fourth and Fourteenth uh, Amendment rights and the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Of course, they did no such thing, but herein lies the point, folks. How is it the left always has an army of lawyers ready to go, ready to sue, ready to put into the political mainstream? They li- This all literally happened over the weekend. And even by the left's own definition, they had no advance notice that these people were coming. Folks, the system's rigged. Anyway, uh, this is also another way these they rigged the system. brought it back to life. And I'll tell you exactly uh, when this happened. Why that happens. I hate when it does that. Anyway, um, so this is a person. I don't know who he is. Anyway, so this is a claim that, according to him, Trump did during immigration in 2019. I want you to take a listen to it. And... Tell me if you believe a single solitary word of it. Take a listen. It's on CNN These two now. governors have brought it back to life. And I'll tell you exactly when this happened. In January and February of 2019, uh, Donald Trump directed us to go and take 
immigrants from the border and, quote, bus and dump them into democratic cities and blue states. He wanted us to take immigrants from the border, take them into blue states and cities and put them in there, but he was much more specific. He wanted us to identify the murderers, the rapists, and the criminals, and in particular, make sure we did not incarcerate them and we put them in those cities. Okay, it doesn't take a lawyer or a genius to recognize this would likely be very illegal to do, but put it- Anyway, folks, um, you know, this is the state of our communication. I mean, I distinctly recall, because I'm older than four years old, that Trump was trying to build a wall. (laughs) So he was trying to build a wall. He wanted people in detention centers. He did the Remain in Mexico thing. Now, all of a sudden, he's bussing them everywhere. Huh, that's weird. And, oh, and apparently, DeSantis- and Abbott, why they got that idea from Trump, which, by the way, it never happened. It was never reported. He knows. He he t- he can tell you with details, but that's just his word. That's like that's like your your opinion, man. To quote the dude, but it's not reality, right? Now again, think about the idiocy of that. Now, what do we also know? They say it all the time, right? They they accuse us of that which they're doing. It's designed to confuse. Saul Alinsky, we all know it. He's literally Biden is doing that. I've seen the buses come into Atlanta many a time there. It's not even I mean, it's been reported in the news. This is what's Biden doing. But again, they're in an environment where they can literally accuse the other side of doing what that which they did. It's just it really is incredible. Oh, and by the way, though, if it was illegal, why is it illegal for DeSantis and Abbott to do it, but not Biden again? Well, well, you heard uh, Robert Barnes say earlier, if they do it, it's fine. All right, so folks, here's uh, the White House um, press secretary now talking about the quote-unquote illegal immigrants to Martha Vineyard, and here's what she's now saying about it. Take a listen. Has the president reached out to any of these governors? So here's the thing, and I was asked this question earlier today. I don't know why we would reach out Mm -hmm. to a governor or governors who are clearly playing a political game. Right. It is something that they're doing not to find a solution, but to literally pu- literally put people's lives at risk. Well, folks, the- um, I want you to understand that this says a lot. A lot of people are pointing out that, oh, that's crazy. How are they putting their lives at risk? They were on an air conditioned plane. They got to Martha's Vineyard uh, 24 hours later. The Massachusetts National Guard whisked them away. How are their lives at risk? The bigger point here is twofold. One. Presidents no longer talk to governors of the other party. This is not a, hey, how can I help you with your state problem? How can I give you federal resources to help you with the state problem? That doesn't happen anymore. Now, that should be bombshell, you know, but, cause, but, but it's not. Here's the other point. We don't talk to people that have different viewpoints. See, we get to play politics, and then if you play politics with our politics, whoa, we won't even discuss it with you. You're not even worthy of being talked to. So I am way ahead today, folks. I am going to finish early, which is good. So this brings us to Mediasan, and this is part of the way that they do this, okay? Once you've broken down people into, um, you know, pure emotional, non-rational thinking, quote-unquote, if that's even thinking, such as Sonny Hostin that we heard earlier, okay? And once those persons, because they're emotioned and they're not rational, there's no uh, hypocrisy doesn't hold, you don't have to be able to break things down, you get to be able to say things like Mehdi Hassan is saying here. And this, to me, I just thought was mind-boggling how idiotic this is. But anyway, uh, take a listen. He's apparently uh, an immigrant. I saw this because... Um, Joyce Aline, as you know, who's a big uh, political legal commentator on MSNBC. Um, anyway, she. But let's just listen to the bit. Take a listen. Back during the First World War, she was stuck alone in Italy with her teen daughters. 
but the homeland had become too dangerous. So in 1917, they boarded a ship to America, where her husband and son had already settled for work years earlier. On that trip, German U-boats were just one of the hazards they faced. While Luigi and her girls were still at sea, America, which had already allowed in thousands of Europeans, passed the Xenophobic Alien Act. It banned migrants from Asian countries, as well as immigrants who couldn't read. That was a problem for Luigi. Passenger records show that she and her daughters were illiterate. But Luigi was lucky. The Alien Act would not take effect until that May. She and her children were put on a train to be reunited with Luigi's husband and son. Luigi lived for four more decades as an American, with a great big American family. It's a story that millions of immigrants to America can tell. All right, um, I'm going to cut to the chase because I do want to end early today, folks. Um, I, I don't know what the immigration policy in 1917 had to do uh, with the immigration policy today. I also don't know um, what that story has to do with anything. I'm sure you could tell, I don't know, 500 million or more immigration stories of the American experience. Apparently, there's been probably 2.5 million this year alone from the border. I'm sure lots of people have a story that you can tell. You're telling me I'm going to base my entire policy on the fact that this one person, Luigi, <laughs> come on. But again, folks, it's effective. They do it because it works. The other part of the story, apparently, is that that woman is um, Ron DeSantis's great-great-grandmother. Who cares? In other words, that, to me, demonstrates the opposite point, which is if DeSantis is against people who can't speak the language coming here, right? And by the way, the other thing is she, of course, came legally. They showed the little thing where she came in through the thing, and she's listed in the book. But anyway, that's what we're dealing with, folks. They, they, they can't deal with real problems. They make up fake ones, and that's how they address it. So anyway, because your great-great-great-grandmother came and you have a different position, somehow you're the bad person. All right, folks, I thought this was interesting. This is a, I don't know who it is on Congress, Representative Spear or something. We have, a, well, I'll let you tell her, or she'll tell it. Care for service members that my good friend Congressman Jason Crow just referenced, which would require DOD to pay any travel expenses associated with an abortion and ensure service members are able to take leave for their care. You know, there's a part of me that says that we have 128 bases and installations in these red states, in these states that ban abortion. Maybe we should just move these bases. Now, um, folks, a lot to unpack there. I mean, first and foremost, I don't think the Department of Anything should be transporting anybody to anybody or any of that. And you just, abortion, think about that. What does abortion have to do with being in the military? But then I want you to listen to this woman. First off, I, to my knowledge, they say they're uh, 128. I, I'm looking at it. All those states have not passed bans, but let's just set up details, right? Folks, those spaces are there for a reason. They've been constructed for a reason. You're telling me, I got to turn up the entire um, defense of the United States upside down and God knows how much money because people can't control their own. Um, anyway, I, folks, I don't know why we're talking about this, but to her, that's a big problem. And to her, that's a solution. And again, folks, there are a lot of people that will um, that will vote for that in November. God help us. But um, anyway, don't uh, don't count on that red wave, folks. Anyway, you are now all caught up to date with the news of the day. And if you like this live stream, I hope you tune back in tomorrow.